Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. Well, God is good, amen? Are you glad to be the church? I will tell you, I'm not inclined to say that you are in church because you are the church. But it's good to be together as the church. Amen? Isn't it great to hear testimonies about how God continues to speak? And how even in the midst of adversity, God is at work. We'll hear another testimony later yet this morning. Isn't it great to know that it is true that God truly uses ordinary people in order to accomplish extraordinary spiritual exploits. Isn't that a good thing? It's, uh, it's great when unassuming people do things that are impressive. Uh, now I'm going to give you a few examples of that. They're not all, they weren't all believers, but they're illustrations of the, of the reality that God does use ordinary people uh, to do wonderful things that he has called us to. And we could switch to to the presentation. Here's the first one. You maybe recognize this, uh, this picture as Albert Einstein. What you might not know, what you might know is that as a boy, he was identified by some of, of his teachers as being mentally challenged. Uh, they used a different word than challenged. And how wrong, how, how, they couldn't have been more wrong than what they were, could they? one of the most brilliant minds who's ever been on this earth. And then a fellow by the name of Keith Drake, who's not the only one. You imagine doing this with an Etch-a-Sketch? And what if he dropped it? These sorts of pictures just, just amaze me. That's chalk by a chalk artist that looks like something so much different than what it really is. It's just a picture on, on cement. Isn't it amazing what ordinary people can do? But all the better when it's done for the glory of God, that's where we'll end up. And in fact, these guys were a feature this week with the youth, Dude Perfect, who do all these incredible trick shots, and, uh, and they're, they're posted on YouTube. But they're believers. Praise the Lord. And they have a testimony. And you can find that online if you're interested, that what they do, they do for the glory of God. Isn't it most exciting when somebody listens to the leading of God, to the leading of the Holy Spirit, in order to allow God to use them? And that means you. And that means me. Maybe with an ability that you already had, that you've already known you've had, or maybe with an ability that you didn't even know that you had, that God wants to draw from you because He's the one who's put it in you, because it's the Holy Spirit who appoints and distributes the gifts according to His will. We're focusing this month on worship. Psalm 148 reminded us of the majesty and the glory and the splendor of God, and that worship involves exalting God. Genesis 2 last week reminded us of Abraham and Isaac and of that incredible, heart-wrenching journey that Abraham and Isaac took up the mountain, up the hill, and that worship involves surrendering. 
And today we're going to go to Judges chapter 6. And we're going to be reminded of Gideon. And part of Gideon's life, part of Gideon's story, that we're probably less familiar with than the part of Gideon's story that we hear about the most. Everyone has a story with low points and high points. And I was so moved by the testimony during the dedication today. Were you not? God speaks. God speaks in more than one way. We were reminded of this uh, by, by Pastor Wayne today, that God continues to speak to us through creation, through his written word, through the living word of Jesus, and through the rhema word of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he has not ceased to speak. God is not hidden. God has revealed himself and continues to reveal himself. If we would but listen. And when I say that, I'm not implying that you're not. I'm thinking more broadly that we need to listen. And I invite you this morning to consider these two questions. How is God using you now? How's God using me now? And how is God wanting to use you? Because we're all at different places. Some of us would would answer those questions and say, I know how God's using me now. Bless his name. And I want to continue to to serve him that way. There are others among us who would say, I'm just not too sure that God's got a place for me in his service. You let everybody else do it. I'm afraid. Or I don't feel good enough. Well, we've heard heard that, that God doesn't believe you're not good enough. So I want to say thank you for serving the Lord in the many ways that you do as a church, whether you do it through church ministry, you do it through through missions, or you do it less formally. The four Wilmot ministry and service to the community represents the hands and feet of Jesus through acts of kindness to his glory. Amen? That's where we want it to go all the time. We want to give him glory for what he is doing. In and through us, I want to tell you that acts of kindness are used as as spiritual weapons by the Lord to break ice and truly to break chains. I've seen it happen. God does that through acts of kindness. Jesus did it in his ministry. And I hope this morning you'll be encouraged and challenged by this early part of Gideon's story that we're going to cover. And let me begin uh, with Judges chapter 6. Verses 1 to 10. And I really apologize. Somebody's got to hand me a Bible. I forgot to bring my, my, my electronic Bible with me here. So, Judges, Jeff, thank you so much. Bless you. You're there already. You know what passage I was going to. All right. Judges, chapter 6. Again, because this happens cyclically over and over again. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. And because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites would plant their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples would invade the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. Can you imagine living in that kind of oppression? People do in the world today, you know that. 
They camped on the land and ruined the crops. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian was impoverished. And so Midian so impoverished the Israelites that the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Not something that they had been in the habit of doing. And when the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet, we don't know his name, who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them from before you and I gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to my word. Thank you so much. I just hope I don't need it again. No, no, I hope I do need it. I do need it all the time. So we're reminded right at the end there, the people of Israel did not listen to the word of the Lord. And that's an important warning and a challenge to us, especially as a nation, and I would say as an aside, because this is not really the main point, but we need to continue to pray for our nation. Amen? Amen? Because as a nation, we have taken a posture and a choice to be secular. Which means for every person to do what is right in his or her own eyes. And that's exactly what we would read later, later in this book of Judges in chapter 25. We said last week that when we face trouble, we don't always know if we're being specifically tested by the Lord. Or if we're being tempted by Satan. We don't always know. And sometimes we also don't know, or maybe we do, that the Lord is working on correcting us and disciplining in order to bring us restoration. And that was the case here with Israel. Israel was a nation turning away from God, suffering the consequences of going their own way. And they would do that over and over and over again. And they're not the only ones. We're always worshiping something or someone. So have some authors written. Isn't that interesting? And when I first read that, I've read a couple different authors of worship, of books on worship who have, who have written that. And the most recent one, Bob Coughlin, who wrote in that in True Worshippers, we're always worshiping something or someone. And I believe it's true. Maybe not consciously, right? Maybe not, maybe not knowingly. But there's always something or somebody who or that is most important to us that we would bow to, that we would give up everything for. And God says, make it God. And keep assessing. And keep reminding. And, and, and understand it's a continuous process that we need to keep pushing back and allowing God to be first. As for Gideon personally, we're going to come to this bit in his life, part of his story. He could have used the language that a lot of people use, uh, maybe, maybe you've used. People say, I'm stressed. You ever said that? Or I'm busy. You ever said that? <laughs> Who hasn't? It's a four-letter word, by the way. Gideon was stressed 
Because he and his entire nation were under constant pressure and attack from the neighboring Midianites. We just read about that. And it's the kind of scenario that sadly is repeated today in some parts of the world because of groups like ISIS and Taliban and corrupt leaders and governments. And there are people, we know that, we've seen it in Syria and other countries where people are oppressed and they can't even get out of their houses because of gunfire. And it was somewhat like that for Gideon. He was busy just trying to stay alive. And he was stressed because of Midian and the Amalekites and others. And so we come to verse 11. And I'm going to read the latter part of it first. Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. So here's where we meet Gideon for the first time. Who was Gideon? Well, he's from a family of some means, it seems, because later on in his story, we learn that he had servants. But he had been reduced to processing grain by hand. Now, earlier on, I, I put it in the wrong place. I had a, I had a picture of, of heads of wheat. And so he, taking shelter, like I just read, he would bang on the heads of grain to remove the chaff or the little shells around the seeds in order to get to the actual meat, to the actual seed. And normally they would do that out in the open. That's what we learn when we, when we study this, that maybe even on top of a hill. And they, and they would have heavy, heavy shoes that they could stomp on all the grain. And then the wind would just blow away the chaff. Or else they would have oxen do that. But Gideon was doing it out of sight for fear that if he did it in the open, those who were hiding, the Midianites would see them, and they'd come out and, they, and they'd steal, and maybe worse. And so there he was, probably in a, in a cutout in rock, and we read here that he was doing it in the wine press. So in the place where he would normally be stomping on grapes, which was in a sheltered area, instead by hand he's banging on these seeds and getting the chaff off. And so Gideon was a farmer, it seems, and, and probably at least a bit of a soldier because all the young men, they were expected to serve and they, and they still are in that country. And this verse begins, The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat. The Abizrites were from the tribe of Manasseh. There were 12 tribes, right? But one of the tribes was split in two. That was the tribe of Joseph. And one of the half-tribes was the half-tribe of Manasseh. And so Gideon was from the half-tribe of Manasseh. A little tribe. And Gideon reduced as a farmer to beating by hand the wheat. Here's an encouragement. That God's word comes to ordinary people because his world will be rocked that day. God calls us to follow and to serve. And at times God will give a special call to the listening heart and the listening mind. And he will give a rhema word. If you're an ordinary person, who is an ordinary person today? And you guys lift your hands better than most churches, thank you. <laughs> what happens is I end up asking questions in the negative. Because then nobody, nobody, when they raise their hands, and I say, well, see, you agree with me. All right, never mind that. 
If you're an ordinary person, then person, be encouraged that God is using you. And that God wants to use you. So Gideon's working away. And while he's working away, the angel or the messenger of the Lord comes along and sits under a tree. Which ironically was a place of prayer and of inquiry to Baal or to Baal. Because that was the God that Gideon's father was following. And so the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, came and sat at the very place. He's making a statement. The very place where they had been petitioning a false god. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, oh, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Hebrews 13 verse 2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without even knowing it. That's cool. When we recognize our own weakness, our brokenness, the Lord will take and use us. That's what He wants. He wants humility. Because God's foolishness is greater than the wisdom of man. God has no foolishness. Gideon has been described by some as representing the low position of Israel at the time. He was at the very bottom, as were so many people in Israel. Gideon's mightiness was not in himself, but it was in what God would make of him if he remained humble and listening and obedient to God. Dependent on the wisdom and the strength of the Spirit of God. And I gather, I mean, I have no doubt, that God knew that the gift of leadership was in Gideon. It just hadn't yet come out. That's why he chose Gideon. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Brothers and sisters... God had not abandoned them, but God had let them go the way that they had chosen. And so it felt like God had abandoned them. The questions that Gideon was asking are the very sorts of questions on the minds and the lips of countless people today who will say, as believers perhaps, Lord, where are you? Why can't I hear you anymore? Well, we live in a country that doesn't follow God. And then the same questions are on the, on the lips of, of, of countless skeptics who would say, where's your God? You say he used to do miracles. He's not doing them anymore. Why not? And you want to resist the temptation to say, well, you know what? You are also part of the problem. Because we all can be, can't we? And I'm going to come back to those questions in just a few minutes. Have you ever doubted yourself? Yeah. You're human. Because the conversation that follows is pretty similar to how it would have followed for a lot of us. The Lord looked at Gideon and said, 
Go in this your strength, which would be the strength that God is giving him. And deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And Gideon said to him, for those of you who might remember Gary Coleman from the days of different strokes, what you talking about? And Gideon said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. That reminds you of the choosing of David, doesn't it? It might. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian just as though it was one man. It reminds me of David and Goliath. That would come later. And so Gideon said to him, If, if, if I now have found favor in your sight, then, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come back to you and bring an offering and lay it before you. And the messenger said, I will remain until you return. Am I not sending you? God is sending each one of us. Is he not? And when Jesus said in Matthew 28, to his disciples, go into all the world, and while you're going, make disciples of all nations. For I will be with you always, even until the very end of the age. That carries on down through all generations of disciples. And so what about the question, where is God? Well, Romans 1 reminds us, as it did two weeks ago, that there is evidence of the Creator. I mean, the perfect stability of the earth as the only known inhabitable planet, is far too amazing to not have a designer. For the same reason Israel wasn't seeing much other evidence, was because they had not chosen, or they had chosen not to follow God's word. Now, we've already heard a great testimony today of, of, of how God speaks. I, I, I want to offer you another one. I'm going to invite uh, my wife up, Tarina. I don't even know where you are. There you go. <laughs> look at that. Man, if I would look up the, up the middle, that would be great. <laughs> I did say that, that I would share a little bit more about, about who we are because our desire at the end of the day is to serve the Lord ultimately. I mean, our identity is in Jesus. And so he gave his life for us the best that, that could, could possibly be conceived while he was a human being. And so we give ourselves to him. Uh, Tree is not here alone, but I, I, I want to, so I got some family here. Oh, even more than I expected. <laughs> like the announcer of the soccer match I was watching the other day, he kept saying, hey, yay, yay, hey, yay, yay. So you might, I don't want to fight anybody over this, but we believe that we have the best two sons in the world. And so they're here today. Andrew is 22, and Andrew is, is uh, studying computer engineering. He's in the middle of a, of a, of, of a big, long, wonderful co-op uh, right now. And Josiah is 16, and be 17 in less than a month, and he's a student at WO in, uh, in grade 12. And so we're... So happy to have them. I'm so happy to have you here. They don't normally come with me because as an interim, as a transitional, it's just a reminder that uh, while we are a family of God, we're cousins. 
Uh, and I come and go. All right. And uh, Trina is very involved in, in, in our home church, which is Spotsville, believe it or not, not too far away. Some of you know that. And she's an elder there. And, uh, and I, I'm just so, so thrilled that the Lord uses her in that way and that we have two wonderful boys. My mom is here, uh, Eddie, Eddie Rakoff, and, and Eddie is a triplet. Who knew? 1939, they had triplets. Not very many. But she's here today, and she attends and is part of Trinity Evangelical Missionary Church in Waterloo. And one of her sisters is here as well, and that's my Aunt Jean. And the, and the, the third one is, is out and about doing some other things today. But they turn 80 in June. Isn't that cool? That's great. And then their older sister, my Aunt Ruth, is here as well. She's up from Pennsylvania, and she comes up every year, at least once a year. And uh, the Lord gives her strength, and she is so, uh, has been for years involved as a, as a, I don't know exactly the term, but as a lay leader in the Lutheran Church in the U.S., has, has, has been a great servant of God. And so is my Aunt Jean, because her husband, my, my Uncle Henry, is a retired pastor. And so they serve the Lord very much together. I wanted to make sure that, that we add to this uh, theme of serving today. And then my, my cousin Stephen, all the way from the Strat, which is Stratford. <laughs> and Sonia, along with Trina, one of the sweetest women who has walked the face of the planet, Sonia is. Isn't that right, Stephen? Thank you. <laughs> all right. Anyhow, enough of that. So I said I'd tell you a little bit more about, about who we are. And uh, I've asked Tarina to come and to share uh, a word that the Lord had given to her in a time of, yeah, great, great crisis. Well, good morning, and how exciting just to share a tiny piece of um, God's goodness uh, um, to me that specifically within the last three years. Three years ago in Um, July, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And in September, I found myself um, needing to go to Emerge. So Josiah was in grade nine. He had got on the bus, and I had said to Randall, we need to go to Emerge. And we did, and I was admitted because they had said they thought that I had pneumonia. And they were treating me for pneumonia. And if... When you're in the hospital, if you have pneumonia, you're in isolation. If anybody comes to visit you, they have to be gowned and gloved and masked. And so I wasn't really encouraging people to come and visit me just because that's not, that's not much fun. <laughs> and the, what was happening is that I wasn't getting any better. In fact, I was getting worse. And as the days progressed, I'd been there uh, a total of a week, but it, a few days in, when I should have been feeling better, I wasn't. And it ended up happening that late one night, I was just, um, I was in a really, really tight spot, and I wondered if this was where my story was going to end. And I just so, so didn't want to die by myself. And it was very, very late. And um, I was crying, and I remember I was crying on my back, and all I could think of was, here I am, 
crying and I've got tears in my ears from lying on my back. <laughs> um, and I asked the Lord, I, I just thought, is this where my story ends? And as clear as a bell, not as an audible voice, but that voice that you hear inside your heart, he said to me, I know what I am doing. And immediately, peace flooded my heart. And I knew that I didn't have to be afraid. I knew that um, his plans for his children are good, even when they don't look like they are. And even if they are very difficult, um, he's got a much bigger plan. And me and my life is just a piece of that. And even to this day, three years later, when I something happens, I, it, it is just such a source of comfort that he knows what he's doing. He knows what he is doing in my life and uh, I believe in the life of the body. So um, that's just a small piece of one thing of what God has done for me and I'm just so thankful for his goodness and his faithfulness. So. Amen. Amen. Thank you. say this it's it does stuff to me um trina's my hero now you know why i said that once before um the journey will continue and the journey does continue and we know that we are in god's hand amen and that whatever happens to us god knows and God carries us. And God walks with us, Psalm 23, through the valley of the shadow of deep darkness. And it can be death. But literally, that is through the valley of the shadow of deep darkness. And he walks with us. And he is with us. And so praise the Lord, after three and a half years, uh, the, the cancer uh, for Trina is dormant which does not mean it's in remission. But you know what matters is that God is in control. And because out of ashes, he brings beauty. And God uses situations and circumstances to allow people to minister to others. And Lord, uh, you know, whatever you would have, um, praise his name. Praise his name. Gideon will soon get uh, a, a pretty crazy word. Gideon went in and he prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour, which I understand is over 20 liters of flour. It would be a fair bit. And he put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot and he brought them out and put them under the oak tree and presented them to the messenger of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. So here's an act of worship. And not only is, is Gideon probably, at least now and at least later, maybe now he's offering words of prayer and words of worship to God in the midst of this. But he brings this offering of, of bread and of, and of oil as an offering to the Lord and as a tribute to this person who has come to him who at this point, Gideon just figures is, is a man worth recognizing as sent from God, maybe a prophet. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, lay them on this rock. 
and pour out the broth, which would be a form of, 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 of a libation or a liquid sacrifice. And so he did. And then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and he touched the meat and the unleavened bread. It was the goat as well. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord vanished from sight. And at that point, I'm sure Gideon went, I'm done. Because, in fact, it was believed and understood that if you actually saw, never mind seeing God face to face, but if you saw the angel of the Lord, you probably wouldn't survive it. And you can imagine he was just shaking. And that's why, brothers and sisters, we need to be unafraid to get to our knees when we truly worship God. Isaiah, before God, he knelt and he said, Woe is me, I am undone. When he had a small glimpse of the holiness of God. When Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And then the Lord said to him, and this would have been a word in his spirit, because the angel of the Lord has gone. And the Lord said to him, Peace to you, do not fear, you shall not die. These signaled peace for safety, peace for victory, peace for direction for him. And then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord. And he named it, The Lord is Peace. To this day of writing, it is still in Ophrah of the Abbey's rites. The place this occurred was the place that had been a place of pagan worship. It's beneficial to build Ebenezer's. That's what an Ebenezer is, right? An Ebenezer is, is, a, is a memorial, a reminder. God did, God said, God, God performed, God was at work here. And this is where I remember when God did something singular. Here's the summary of this morning. God speaks through his word, his living word, his written word, his rhema word. God still speaks to ordinary people like you and me. And then God calls us to not be quiet about that, not be silent about it, but he calls us into his service. And it could be, it could be behind the scenes, just that service of prayer, which is so essential. And it could be the more visible, like being involved in music on Sunday mornings. But please recognize that every part of the body is just as important as the rest. Would you say amen? Amen. And I invite us this morning to consider these questions. I want to take a moment of silence for us to to do that. And if if this isn't where you're at right now, that's okay. We'll, We'll just be silent together. But I want to invite you to to ask the Lord, Lord, how are you using me now? And perhaps, Lord, how do you want to use me? May we always be asking that question. 
Not in order that we would get to a place of recognition. Not to be used to be recognized, but rather to be used so that God's glory would be made known. So that God would be made known. And so that God would be served and that the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of God would continue to advance. That people would know that people would come and people would follow Jesus. If you're interested in knowing what your spiritual gifts are, there's a tool available from the church. You can ask any of the staff. And as the the vision continues to unfold for, for Wilmot Center Missionary Church, we say, praise the Lord. God is doing a new thing. And as we were singing earlier today, that was very evident to me. I, I, I don't know why, but I, just, I, I know it's the Spirit. When I get overcome, and I was, and I have been this morning, He is doing a new thing. He wants to continue to do a new thing. And we live in a time and a place today when we could do what the people of Israel did, and we could shut up ourselves, and we could be silent, and we could hide And we could just cloister ourselves and say, well, at least we feel safe together. But God says, no, I want my light to shine before others so that they would see my good deeds and glorify thee who is in heaven. And to say that you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world, not by yourself, but only because the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit is living through you. And so you are his light and so you are his salt. And continue to be that. And so let's pray. Let's come to an attitude of prayer. And we'll ask these questions in a moment. Gideon was called to lead a nation. I don't expect any of us will be called to that, but who knows? But with a humble listening posture, may we be always ready to hear the word of the ever-present Lord. May we be on our mark, ready to go, ready to continue to go in the ministry to which God calls us. I've heard stories of people from this church who travel. We heard today of Cuba. I heard this week of Africa. And the Lord uses to do his ministry around the world. He uses us to do his ministry right here, wherever you live, as part of this church or as part of your neighborhood. You might not live in Wilmot Township. I don't. But the Lord wants to continue to use us wherever we live. So let's be asking the Lord, as the musicians come, Lord, how are you using me now and how do you want to use me? You might not get an answer right now. And it might come in any of a number of ways through the confirmation of a brother or sister it might come through the word of God the written word it might come through the rhema word of the spirit or you might just be affirmed that you're doing what God's called you to do and doing it wisely and in balance so that you're not burning out and so let's offer those questions those prayers to the Lord Lord how are you using me how do you want to use me Let's take some time to do that. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening online with us. 
We trust you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.